Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Andy J Podcast. Hey, welcome to the very latest Andy J podcast. How are you doing? I hope you're having a really strong week. Now, listen, every now and again, as you know, we love to chat to the biggest stars and some of our favourite people out there. And we've had some unbelievable names. And every now and again, we've had so much fun with a celebrity name that they come back. And that's happened a few times now. For example, Jason Fox from SAS Who's Dares Wins. For example, Jeremy Clarkson. He's been on twice, as has James May and Richard Hammond to complete the uh, Top Gear Grand Tour trilogy of stars. Well, today is one of those episodes where we have a repeat guest. And it's often, it's interesting, when you kind of go into these conversations, you think to yourself, okay, well, the key thing for me is it's got to be different to whatever we chatted about before. So with Jeremy, it was easy because in our first conversation, it was a real deep dive into him, his childhood, his adolescence and so on, and, and who he became. Then in our second conversation, it was just ahead of Clarkson's farm. So we had a real deep dive into farming and all that sort of stuff. So it was it was an obvious kind of thematic conversation style. Now, our guest today is a repeat performer and he's a big, big star. He's the super chef turned TV legend, Mr. James Martin. Absolutely thrilling company. Now, the first time he came on the show, we had a brilliant chat about him and his ethos and his upbringing and so on. And we also had a good old deep dive into his amazing car collection. Well, today, I'm happy to tell you, we have a completely different chat and it's an absolute laugh. Sometimes you sort of think to yourself, well, when you're going into these second big chats, because they're at least an hour long, each one of these, and going for the second chat, you're kind of like, well, gosh, I mean, how are we going to mix this up? But actually, there's a familiarity the second time around, not just from me to them, but for them to me. And certainly, I think James felt that as well. He felt more comfortable with me this time around and knew I wasn't sort of trying to stitch him up in any direction. Now, he has a new cooking book out, which we talk about a fair bit for a bit of a giggle. But don't worry, we don't kind of... Um, we don't dwell on it. There's a lot that we get into today. It's a, a genuinely thrilling, absolutely captivating hour or so of chat. I hope you'll love it as much as I did having it. And, and actually, James sent me some really lovely messages since about how much he enjoyed it, which I really appreciated. So his new book is called Butter. And I mean, if you know James Martin's cooking style, you'll know he loves his butter. So it's such an appropriate title. I mean, what is this? His 20th cookbook? Incredible. Anyway, this is a great chat. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a regular listener. If you are, I really appreciate it. If you're a follower, because that's the new name for subscribers, then you're the best. Thank you. If you're not, just hit that follow button or whatever it is called in however you're listening to this, because it's really, really great when you get to update on who we have each week, because we've some amazing guests and we've got so many 
The roll call of celebrities in our back catalogue is is unbelievable. I mean, I still pinch myself when I think about the calibre of the names that we've had on the show so far. And then when I look at who's coming before Christmas, I'm just, wow, I'm excited. And I hope that you will be as well. Anyway, that's enough waffle from me at the start, because there's so much chat to have. This is the return of James Martin. The Andy J Podcast. Now, I am thrilled to welcome a returning guest. Now, you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, that we only ask people back if they're a bit special. And this man, well, he absolutely nails that category. Do you know, the last time we spoke, I was marvelling in his breakfast of a Twix and a Red Bull. Well, I've learnt about a new diet that he's got going on, and I'm elated to say, welcome to the show once again, Mr. James Martin. How are you doing, James? <laughs> How are you doing? You are right? James, I've got to stay from, from the outset, right? The new book, Butter, we've got to get into it, we've got to talk about it, but here is my opening gambit for you. You say, yep. at the start, your childhood lunch was a banana and flake sandwich for school. And I Come am, on, that was it. I am that so was impressed. No. Wasn't it everybody's? Uh, we used to, well, occasionally we had sort of spam. That was about it. As a tr- little treat, we might have some cold ham or some cold pork. But um, when I got left to my own devices, um, uh, from God, to the age of seven or eight, something like that, for a little pack lunch at school, I used to get um, a bit of cling film, a bit of white bread, two slices of white bread, and uh, butter it, really thick amount of butter. And then you take a banana, crush it in a bowl, put that on the top. And then get a flake and put that on the top. Press the bread on the top. Wrap it up in cling film. Cut it. Put it in your uh, Superman little uh, uh, plastic box with a. I think it was a Satsuma, if I was lucky, or something like that, and a, and a bit of orange and I'd, uh, orange juice. And I'd go back to school. Three hours in a ra- in a rucksack. <laughs> it would be nice and sweating. Uh, and then you <laughs> sort of take out this sort of uh, yeah this sort of sandwich that resembles like a tennis ball. Has been rolling around in your rucksack all morning. And that was it. But yeah, banana and banana and chocolate sandwich. You see, look, you've made it sound less fancy there, James. But when you when you use that word flake, it just made me think. Hang on a sec. I thought we bonded last time. I hadn't realised you were posh. I mean, that's yeah. Well, well, I don't know about that. I think I think my dad mixed it from the cafe. I think more than anything else. (laughs) (laughs) You also mentioned the He-Man lunchbox, and that I mean, kindred spirits there. Absolutely delighted to hear that happened. By the power of grey school, don't you remember all that? Sort <laughs> of, of course, this, of yeah, course. Yeah, there's, pe- there's people re- the evil can evil sort of stuff. Everything. The, the weird thing is, is food evokes childhood memories, and then if you, you sort of link food with that, and and of course when you're when you're sort of writing a book and and you're booling on the head, and so, so that's, God knows how many books I've done. Um, I can you know, t- you're just twenty. You're just, I can tell you, you've done twenty. It's quite, it's quite a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you're sort of booling on the head, and you're told to write a book about this subject and everything else. Whereas what so lockdown did did was give me the opportunity to to have time and, and I've never we never the hospitality industry, we never get time. Um yeah. and it freaks you out so much. And and so when you get that and you're sort of locked away with a with a computer and, and, and asked to write a book, I delivered it in record time. We delivered the entire lot in fifteen days. What? Um, yeah, 15 that's ridiculous. That's uh, you say in the back that we turn this around quickly. So I was thinking, oh, this is like a three month thing or something. Fifteen no, days. Fifteen days. We photographed the entire thing in six weeks. Photographed, tested, um, and written in six seven, six weeks. I think. Yeah, no more than about seven weeks. We done. Well, look, we're gonna um, we're gonna dive into this. Well. 
we're going to have a proper dive into this, James. But just while you're talking about the photographs, I'm <laughs> I'm looking at the pictures of you on the back cover. By the way, it's a beautifully made book. It's a properly lovely thing. I'm holding it here. It's a really nice, you know, it's the sort of thing you'd put on a coffee table. Although it's you know, nice, isn't it? Yeah, we yeah. printed printed it in Europe. This one, it's um, yeah, that so many of the books are printed in China nowadays. But this one's printed in Europe. I just think that the paper just it just feels different. It just yeah, it just yeah, it just. Just feels different to the others. I don't know why, but it's, it just does. It's very nice. It's very nice. But I am worried, and you'll understand why. The last three photographs, which are the last three pages, are <laughs> of yourself getting properly splattered in what looks like churny, creamy. It must be butter, I'm assuming, just to kind of. Uh, well, it was, it was on its way to be butter. It was it was double cream <laughs> from an amazing, amazing uh, dairy that we got it from. It was in a um, uh, like a an old milk churn. And, um, you know, we, we sort of, you plan the book and you think, right, how much butter am I going to need? How much cream do I going to need? Because you're in COVID land and, and trying to get ingredients, you thought getting pasta was difficult. Uh, back then, it was, it was, we were sort of using catering suppliers and everything else. So we were getting butter on mass. I think we used something like 680 packs of butter yes. in the testing and the development of it and everything else. But that was sort of the leftover cream. And we'd given it to the neighbours and we had this thing left over. And you can hardly put a sort of a, a, a thirty-gallon milk carton in milk churn into it into a fridge. So um, we just thought we'd do something fun at the end of it. And so who they, suggested they it to you? Who said James? We're going uh, to pour it all over. Of course, you. it's always the <laughs> it's always the bleeding photographer. It's never the person, not me. You and couldn't just, look it, more it, frustrated. Your face in the well, last shot in particular is properly cheesed off. Well, it, they, well, you would be if they cut <laughs> it on the top of your head. But it, it, they got they got one shot at it, and, and they said, "Don't flinch." And I said, "Well, what do you mean, don't flinch?" Well. It's, it's about three degrees or four degrees. So anyway, I didn't, I didn't flinch and wallop. And um, yeah, it's good shot. Good fun. <laughs> They're a great triptych. Can you get the three of these? Uh, look, I'm taking control of your house. You've got a new house or something, haven't you now? Am I right in saying you've, you've been yeah, doing well, some renovations at least? Yeah, it sort of added to it in bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So can you, it's just an idea, James, but I like to, I like to be helpful to my favourite guests as well. I think these three should be blown up as massive prints for your house and you should have them somewhere. In a, in a, I've in actually a... got. I've actually, they, they actually the, the photographer who did it um, sent me a big sort of a poster-sized picture with. He did about 60, 80 frames, something like that, and and did the whole lot from stood there with nothing, to then a little drip, to then a little bit more, and then to an avalanche, and then nothing, Brilliant. and then just uh, yeah, I've got the whole lot, and it's all in sequence. So that's he's, cool. He's already ahead of. Again, he's done that for me. Yeah. Oh, that'll do. That'll do. It's just that grumpy final shot. <laughs> it's, it would make me laugh every day if I, if I came fun, down yeah, the stairs, cup of coffee, look at myself covered in this creamy stuff, looking probably mad. Yeah, it's good fun. <laughs> but my, good fun. my question is, looking at this picture, because it has got me worried, how was your watch? Because your watch is quite prominent in these photographs, and I'm just worried that that got a bit ruined. No, I took it in the sink. It's fine. <laughs> I took it in the sink. If it's good enough to go sort of hundred meters down down in, under the sea, then it's it's um it's good enough to go into a sink and wash off a bit of cream. But it was it was good fun. Only... Jumper was a bit knackered though. <laughs> afterwards, but, uh, yeah, jumper wasn't looking too pretty to be honest with you. But um, yeah, that wasn't too good. No, but, no. Yeah. Well, fair dues. I mean, you could always get another one of those. The watch is probably slightly more dear to replace. <laughs> now look, let's let's talk about this because butter. I mean, wow, it's just it's such a brilliant yet simple thing, isn't it? Butter, it's fantastic. Well, yeah, it, 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 looking at it as a subject, though, we, we sort of, the chefs and I suppose restaurant people who work as a chef, look at butter slightly different to 
I suppose, anybody that's walking around the supermarket. We we look at different, and then baker, bakery and pastry chefs look at it very different again. And I've been fortunate to a bit, a bit of a bit of everything in my career. And and so when we looked at butter as a subject, and obviously people know that I love butter, and I know you, you use a lot of it, and it it's due to the fact that I use it because of the flavour. Uh, there's no substitute for it. Yes, there's olive oil, but olive oil is great for dipping with focaccia. It's great with olive oil-based dishes. But where where butter is essential, there is no substitute for it. So uh, we we decided to sort of look at the look at the avenue of where can you get the great butters from around the around the world. A lot of it is produced in this country, to be honest with you. Um, and then then started the research from there. And it was one of my team that turned around and said, "Have you seen this quote from Anthony Bourdain?" And that's where we put it. At the beginning of the book, that sort of the legend that is the late great Anthony Bourdain, um, he wrote a thing saying it. You know, it's all about um, it's all about butter. But then he wrote a, a comment saying, "If you cook with margarine, basically, I can't help you. Uh, you're an idiot." <laughs> yeah, well, you seem um, to agree with him on that. To be fair, well, I think all chefs agree with him on it. You know, you've got to remember. You know, what is margarine first of all? What is it? Um, how do you make it? It's not a natural product. It's it, how do you how do you get it to the six days where you can spread it? It's just—it's not what I want to eat, really, and it's certainly not what I want to cook with. It, it's not the same. It doesn't have the same structure. It doesn't have the same taste. It's not the same. So we looked at it, looked at the, the process of, of different types of butters, length and breadth of the UK, and tried to educate people in the simple terms that butter is not just butter. You treat it like olive oil. It, it, it comes in a variety of shapes, sizes, flavor, strengths. It varies from season to season. Uh, summer butter is very different to winter butter. Um, and, and, and just, yeah, it gives a little, little insight of, of everything, really. It's difficult to get everything in one book. So I'm pretty sure, you know, the publishers are going, can we do a butter book too, probably, uh, later on to get all the rest of it in? But it's, it's a hell of a subject. Well, you've got 100, over 130 recipes. You've, yeah. I love the little subtitle, which is comforting, delicious and versatile. Absolutely nailed that. You give us a little bit of education about butter to start with. And actually, so just some of the photographs of the different varieties and the different blends. And you teach us how to make flavoured butter, which is probably reasonably simple when I read your instructions. Well, it's, do it, but... it's quite interesting. I, was trying to, I did a demonstration the other day in front of a, 100 people at a, a little ticketed event and they and i asked them do you know what butter is and only half of them knew what it was well that's so, nice, isn't it <laughs> yeah but if i asked people do you know what margarine is none of them would have a clue what it is so they're completely i mean you're you're, you're i mean it's look i'm picking your brains here because you can share it with us because margarine was presented to us what like 15 20 years ago as the healthy alternative you know i don't know who yeah. it was that introduced it probably mr margarine well, probably himself. probably a probably a probably a factory that produces margarine probably something like that um, yeah. you know at the end of the, the, end of the day that it, it, it's natural ingredients to me um it's everything in moderation of course but you know the french eat way way more butter than what we do way more you know, their love affair is food is, is renowned throughout yeah. the world. Yeah. And butter is at the heart of everything they do. Every sauces they make and every 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 croissant that you bite in bite into, every brioche that you bite into, you would never even dream of making it with margarine. It would just be just the, the sin of all sins, you know, which has never happened. So I think, you know, the whole process of this is taking people on a journey about you know, what is it first of all. That's why the first recipe in the book is how to make it. Yeah. And it is one ingredient, and that's the type of cream. And the type of cream varies to the amount of butter that you get and the quality of the butter that comes out of it. So, for instance, you, you, you know, you, you'll get butters from around the UK that are particular with the area of where they're produced. So, 
you know, the Cotswolds, for instance, has a as a as good terroir, like that, like like wine. It has great, great, uh, uh, great weather. It has great pasture because of that. It has great cattle that graze on the the, the pasture. Produces great dairy. Now Devon is renowned for it as well. Devon and Dorset around for there as well. Cornwall, great pasture, mixture of weather and sunshine and rain. Produces great uh, clovers, a great great selection of grasses and natural herbs and, and all manner of different flowers in the in the in the grass, which then the cattle eat. That then in turn is producing this milk. Uh, this milk then you buy by byproduct, but part of the milk is you get the cream. And then you make the, 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 the butter from that. And, and there's no waste. The, the, the butter is just, once it's churned, remember we've been doing this for thousands of years all over the world. It's not, not just the UK, everywhere everywhere in the world uses it. So it's just a it's combination of just cream, just, just basically either in a paddle or, or mixed beyond the whipping cream stage. So it starts to separate and split. And then you end up with water, buttermilk, and butter. That's what you end up with. Now, Different varieties of cattle, different pastures produce different amounts of butter. So you can take a litre of cream and you can use stuff from, from Cornwall and you'll probably get another 150 grams of butter out of a litre of cream than you would do by using it from, say, Yorkshire or somewhere like that. You know, um, Cotswolds was, I found, one of the best as well. Um, certain areas of Scotland produce amazing stuff. So it's not it's, it's not just the same thing. It, you know, you, and there's certain things from it you can only make you, know, you you don't go to a supermarket and, and buy butter if you want to make the best croissants and pan chocolate in the world. Yeah. You buy it from the UK, but not from a supermarket. Yes, yes. And actually, there's a handy guide at the start where you sort of, you yeah. list your sort of top five, top ten butters in the world. And, and several of them, as you've asserted there, are actually UK-based and you can order direct from them. So that's that's absolutely yeah. brilliant. I love well, it's, that. It's like with any ingredients. It's like, you know, salt, for instance. I was talking to my chef the other day and, and saying, you know, salt's not, not just salt. So I lined up all the different salts on the table, and I said, now taste the creme de la creme of salt, you know, from the Camargue, Fleur de Sel, which is, you know, on that French coast where the wild flamingos fly in and eat the salt off the salt plains. But that's the best salt in the world. And, and you, it's not until you taste it, you go, yeah, that's amazing. It doesn't taste anything like the salt that you put on your chips. It's not the same. You know, now, I, I, I thought you'd say the Bonneville Salt Flats would be the best salt in the world, James. No, that's good for cars. That's, <laughs> we know that one. But, uh, no, this is, uh, they don't have any wild flamingos there, I don't think. But it's, uh, <laughs> no, just that's amazing that little, little taste of rubber as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the amazing part of, France, part of France where the wild flamingos fly in. But, you know, the Camargue salt is famous worldwide. But the price is stratospheric. But it, it is the greatest salt in the world. It's, um, it's as simple as that. It, it's... It's, it's a bit like buying a jewellery. You can have it out of tin or you can have it out of diamonds. What do you want? It's, 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 and, and the butter's not the same, but the process is the same. Uh, as in, you get really good artisan producers and the costs are, are not, not massive. You know, we're not, still the same price as the supermarket. It's just the way that they make it because they're just small artisan producers. Yeah, no, that's, that's really encouraging to hear as well. Now, look, we're going to talk a bit more about the book, but I also need to get on to you. But let's let's just say, because when I first saw the book, I just assumed because of the title, it was basically going to be a book full of, like you've said, croissants and biscuits. And yes, there are plenty of those in there, but there's also loads and loads of savouries. I'm going to pull out just two just to talk to you about that. And then, and then we'll have a chat about you and life and interviewing people and all that kind of stuff. If yeah. That's all right. Now, I'm going to start with a, a sweet dish because... 
It's not the it's not a typical sweet dish I would have expected. I just want you basically to talk me through this because I've had a good look through this. I think I've told you in the past I'm a hopeless cook, but actually right. <laughs> every time I watch you cooking, I feel inspired. I feel like I've because because you just chuck it in the pan and I can do that. That's you know I can handle that. Obviously, there's a, yeah. a bit more. I'll let you into a little secret. Everything I've cooked on television for the last 19 years, I don't do any rehearsal, and there isn't a second lot of ingredients. Get out of and it. And the first time I've cooked it. It's the first time you see it. What, you're just busking it? It's the first 19 years I've been doing it. And every single show I've done for 19 years, all the adventures, France, America, UK, all the Saturday shows that I do now, all done, one take, one lot of ingredients, no rehearsal. You're kidding. First time I've ever done it, it's the first time you see it. Right, come on, level with me. With that, what's the success percentage? 100%. No, what a hundred percent are always absolutely yeah. spot on. Yeah, because I've got you've got a great team around you that come up with come up with ideas as well as you. So yeah, a hundred percent. It's the hundred percent, and I try not to try. What I try and do is make it accessible for people at home. Not not you because you can't cook like you just said. But yeah. it's the, the the people who want to cook. I try and make it accessible for them. That's that's the secret to it. Is keep it realistic and and. And knowing that the fact that there's no other ingredients puts pressure on me to be able to get it, try and get it right every single time. Oh, that's only what we do in the restaurant. It's only what we do all the time. I love it. No, that's quality. I'd, I'd, my respect levels have jumped <laughs> even higher. I love that. So, look, I've picked these two recipes, right, because they sound suitably yeah. impressive, but I basically need to sense check, because I've told you I'm a rubbish cook, can I cook them, right? So the first one mm-hmm. is the buttermilk panna cotta with radishes, because that sounds immense. Yeah, that's easy. It that's, looks that's easy. easy. It's, it's, it's easy. It's, look at the ingredients. There's, not, there's hardly anything in it. It's that's milk why I and, picked it. And, and, <laughs> yes. Yeah, a little bit of gelatine, really. You can set it with agar agar, but it's just follow the recipe, set it. Uh, the, the radishes were straight out of the garden. Uh, when you taste radishes that are really fresh with the with the stalks on, they, they keep the moisture in. I think with radishes, the minute they take the green off, they, they sort of dry out of it. So, you know, fresh radishes, what you can you can easily plant radishes at home. They plant in a window box. They're so easy. Two weeks to three weeks, you'll have radishes. They're, you know, I mean, they're just one of the easiest things to grow. Um, but, yeah, that's what it was. It was just radishes. And, and actually, funny enough, when we've got a we've got a kitchen garden outside the restaurant at Shooting Glen, and um, when the radishes are there, that's what we do. We just put them on the table and let people eat them like, like nuts, really. They're just, they're absolutely delicious. Brilliant. I thought they'd be delicious. I also think they're probably the easiest thing in the book because I've read every recipe. That is that <laughs> You're looking at the ingredients list now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah of course. That's why I picked that one out. So I've also chosen a harder one. And again, to make the point that it's not all just sweets in here, this one yep. looks really hard, but I want you to tell me I can manage it because I'm up for it. And it's beef in a brioche crust. Yeah, that, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, can't well, do it, can I? I'm yeah. not going to do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you might get a pie. Um, <laughs> it's, too, yeah, it's, too I mean, hard, it's too hard, isn't it? Because it well, looks amazing. The pie, the, yeah, I mean, that, there's Beef Wellington. Obviously, Beef Wellington's been the classic one for pastry and that kind of stuff. Yeah, It's the same thing, but done in brioche. But brioche is actually easier to make than... So if you take that recipe and compare it together with a Beef Wellington, it's easier to make than a Beef Wellington. But Beef Wellington's still... It's still I mean, it's easy to do, but it's it's as long as you stick by the step by steps. But brioche is easier to make than puff pastry. You're, you're, um, you're so, saying okay. I'm not going to be able to do it, though, aren't you? Really? No, I'm saying that you could give it a go. <laughs> but, but I it want would be to. An expensive mistake. 
<laughs> well, that's the problem. There's a lot of ingredients there and one wrong and I've completely stacked it. But it's it... <laughs> the key to it. Is, uh, the brioche is the key, but the, it's getting the brioche cooked. And the, 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that again, we did. That was the first one we made it's in for the photo shoot. We didn't have 15, 15 of them made and picked the best. That was the one that we made. Oh, it's perfect, um, though. It looks perfect. It's, yeah, with it's, I've got a, I've got an amazing chef a guy called Adam Summers who was ex sort of waterside in three Michelin star chef working with me. He travels travels all around with me all over the place. So it's a good team, you know. Um, we do, but you know, I'll make the I'll make the uh, the brioche and then he sort of assembles it all and then I cook it and we photographed it and that was it. It was um yeah we couldn't do anything else. You know, lockdown we weren't allowed. You know, you weren't allowed anybody else. It was just a minute team. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Given what you said about how you do everything for the first time ever, is there ever a dish? There must be occasions where you see what you're cooking, and even you are a bit like, "I've got to be on my, I've got to be on form for this. This, I need yeah, to give this really, attention." It's not really the dish; it's the people that you're cooking for. That's okay. the weird thing. It's it's it's, it's those because um, it it's all it, it, it's a bit like a game of it's a game of cards. You know, you just all top trumps. Uh, when you're with with the chefs and you're in the studio, that you sort of you know when you when you know you've got well the late great Michelle Rue Senior was a great friend of mine and sadly yes. he passed away two years ago. But yes, he did. when you've got him walking into your house, everybody everybody ups their game, everybody, and it's really, it's just it's just a natural thing. You just got and also he'll tell you whether it's whether it's crap or not. He's going <laughs> to tell you straight away. So you you know you it's all all that kind of stuff. So there's there's, there's the pressure's not necessarily on the dish, but the pressure's generally on who you're cooking for. Do you know, that's um, really interesting because, I mean, ev- obviously everyone's seen your show. It's not it's not just you cooking. It's you chatting to your guests and getting to know them and, and yeah. actually sharing a lot of stories together. It's a, it's a lovely watch, as you know. Uh, and, 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 yeah, sure, of course, you're going to get a little more nervous if you're, if you're cooking for, for major Michelin-starred chefs and, and iconic kind of chefs. But, but do you ever get nervous for like certain celebrities? Because I know you got, a, if you don't mind me no, saying, you, no. got, you got a little bit starstruck with Cliff Richard, didn't you? Just like, just a little oh, bit. Well, well, Cliff Richard's in your house. It's cool, isn't it? And then he invites <laughs> you over to Barbados. I mean, when's that, when's that going to happen in your life? <laughs> from, a, from, a, from a young kid who failed catering at school. What, uh, what the hell's going on? You know, you've got, you know, you're in your garage and Cliff Richard's in your garage and he's signing the guitar and he's sat in your sort of games room and he's inviting you to, to, uh, to the Caribbean. I'm going, what, what's going on in there? You know, I mean, certain ones, I think, I've only ever been starstruck probably three times, I think. Um, Antonio Banderas. Oh, yeah. When when he decided halfway through the interview that he was going to call his mate to do the show, and his mate was Tom Cruise. That was, oh. that was fun. When he ch- um, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's very uh, cool. Jackie Collins was the most amazing person I've ever interviewed in my life. She was just the most amazing person I ever met. I, apart from the Queen. Um, Jack, Jackie Collins is the most amazing person I've ever met in my life. Why was uh, she so thought, amazing? What was so cool about her? Um, just, just, yeah, we had guests on, you know, you, you, you do this a lot. And you get, you get guests who come on your show with an entourage that can come in a bloody minibus or sometimes in a coach. Um, and, and it, it's just, it's a, always a pain in the ass until they actually get there. And then generally they're all right. And, and, and we just had, we had guests on that were quite tricky which is fine. And then she came on and she just came in the studio by herself, um, sat down. I think the first question is where I was, you know, you sold 878 million books, 878 million books. Yeah, People talk brutal. about album sales, 878 million <laughs> books. 
Now, people go album sales. Forget album sales. Books. Look yeah. at the... And then she turned around and said, um, actually, it's, it's 330... Uh, it's 934 million, but don't worry. It'll, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you uh, were 100 million out, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was me 100 million out. And then, and then she was the only person, until recently, the only person, until Glory Underford wrote to me to say thank you, the only person to write to me in 15 years of interview, and I've interviewed two, two and a half thousand people. Yeah. To, to thank me. It makes a huge yeah. difference, doesn't it? Like, like you say, I've done a lot of these as well, not two and a half thousand, yeah. but enough. And when you get any feedback from the person afterwards, even a text yeah. message, frankly, it makes a huge, yeah. they, that, that person changes in your mind enormously. Don't they? You just, yeah, go, it, yeah, it's, it's the habit of, you know, I mean, you, you see it all the time. People who just come and go in the studio, you know, it's that, it's that, Saying cheerio to everybody and thanking everybody and, and actually looking them in the eye rather than just a, just a, that's it I'm off. Yeah, it, it it goes a long way and it goes a long way for future generations. I remember, well, I remember, I, I remember throughout my career. I've been doing this for a long time, thirty odd years, and uh, you know, you I remember doing stuff for children's BBC, CBBC, and and I remember doing stuff where it would cost you seventy five quid of your money to go do it. Yeah. And the and the fuel, so you didn't get you. You'd actually do it for free, yeah. Um, and you would do it to gain experience, and you would say thanks to everybody. Well, those producers of that were the producers, and the well, no, the producer of uh, CBBS when I did that twenty six years ago was the commissioner of the BBC when the commission strictly come dancing. Is that right? That's why I got it. Yeah. So and they remember you. So it's it's a you know it's um it's a, it's a it's a funny old world but it's it's a normal old world like business you know you treat people how you expect you treat to be treated yourself it's just it's as simple as that you know, you know you, that, that's so keep, interesting keep that velocity in life you'll 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 carry on doing what you're doing that's... you know and uh, and luck will luck will either be with you or it won't be with you but you you make your own luck in the world you've got to be in the right place at the right time and that's generally because you are in the right place at the right time yeah that's true hey do you remember Nick Owen yes yeah so. So Nick Owen echoed what you said in my very first job, which is about as long ago as yours, you know, many decades yeah. ago. And I was uh, and, and I was working out of a studio. It was for ITV uh, in Birmingham. And I was hosting yeah. I was hosting Children's ITV. So you were on CBBC. I was on CITV. We were rivals back then. And, uh, <laughs> and Nick Owen was reading the news out of the same studio. It was one of those ones where they'd swap the sets. So the daytime would be yeah. me for the kids. The nighttime would be the newsroom. And so we, we would cross over quite a bit. And on my second or third day, I made a point of saying hello to him. And, and you know, because I'd watched him on sports for years and all the rest of it. And I just sort of said, you know, Nick, have you got any advice? I'm new to all this. And I was expecting him to give me some advice about, you know, using talk back or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and he said, yeah, I do. He said, you know, make people cups of tea and remember everyone's name and, and, and be a decent bloke. Because you know what? At some point yeah. on your way up, you will then come down. And the people, yeah, who, yeah. And the people you pass on the stairs, if you've been a good yeah. guy on the way up, they're going to remember you and they might help yeah. you. And I thought that was such a great piece of advice because, you know. No, it's very, very true. Very, I mean, I, I had a similar bit of advice to Michael Parkinson when, when oh, um, I, got the, I got the Saturday Kitchen job and I asked him about interviewing. I was actually, funny enough, I was interviewing him and I said, look, I don't know how to do this interview because I've, I've never really done them before, but I've got this job on the BBC live live interview every single week I've got to interview somebody and he said simple terms put in the same amount of work that you put in in the effort in your restaurant 
uh, and put the same amount of work into that interview, you'll do all right. Never be, never be short of anything to say. Know more about them than they know about themselves. And that all comes from research. If somebody comes on and has got a movie, watch the damn movie. Too right. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. And But, in, in, but you know, people people don't in, in, in this sort of world. And it's, it means a lot. It just, but it's just a... It's, you know, it's the same thing. I just and the same thing with you know mentioned to Cliff Richard. We got uh, we got James Arthur coming down. I can't wait to interview James Arthur next week as well. So and Jack Savaretti and although they're mates, but you still got to do the research. Still listen to the album. Still, you know, it, it it's important. They've they've given their time to come and see you. The very least you can do is do that. Hello, I'm Amber. I work with the team that bring you this show and the Driven Chat podcast. And we love that you're listening. It would be really cool if you could just chuck us five stars, subscribe and tell your friends. Thank you. The Andy J Podcast. Yes, absolutely. How much of it do you do, you do yourself, James? Because I know there's this kind of assumption that, that people in showbiz have surrounded with people doing things for them. I don't have any of that. I have, a, I have a dog called Ralph and that's about it, really. I don't... I don't... There's not an entourage around me. No, I don't. I don't have that. And I, I, I kind of have. A, I have a great team. Uh, and in like any business, like any anything you do, you can't do it on your own. Um, and, and I'm quite fortunate. I have a great team around me that I've that I've had some new. Um, uh, some have been with me for 28 years. Um, the majority been there 10, 12, 14 years. So, and then then the new people and and. I, I, you try and inspire the the people who have been with you the same amount as you inspire the younger ones who've just taken on a fantastic young chef uh, in one of the restaurants. She's absolutely brilliant. She's 18 years old. But you just think, you know, she's known nothing other than COVID land throughout her entire college yeah, life. Yeah. So her entire college life has been put on hold. Not only doing, she's done college, but her work experience, there's, there's you know, think I've, I've, I was two years in the industry when I was her age. She's not got that. So the very least you can do is put the effort in to help her and help her colleagues to progress forward. If she's coming to a job that is amazing, it's fantastic. Uh, the benefits and, and, and the, 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 the mental benefits outweigh anything I've ever done working in the kitchen. It really is. I, uh, anything. You can, you can have as many cars as you want, many hours as you can have, whatever you want. I, I swapped a lot for, for stood behind the hot pack because it's one of the best jobs in the world. It's what I put my chef's jacket on originally for. And, and to be stood there next to a young 18-year-old straight out of college that's just, you know, as keen to learn as what I was when I was 18 is an absolute pleasure. It's, it really is an absolute pleasure. Is this is this because, I mean, presumably, it's because it's your calling, right? Your... I don't know. That's just because I'm older, probably. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think I'm getting old, mate. I think you know I'm I'm 50 next year, and I think uh, you know you you look at you look at life, and you you not necessarily slow down. My mates are going, you're not slowing down, you're speeding up. But I, I just think I'm speeding up because I've got a great team around me that mm. that enables you to to take another gear, and that inspires you to do that. So I don't think it's a calling. I think I've always wanted to do it. I, I, I put like I said, there was no. There was Keith Floyd round, but there was no there was no TV land on the horizon for me when I put my chef's jacket on when I was a young kid. Um, there was no aspirations to have, you know, all the the restaurants and everything else. But I just loved my job and and I liked working hard um, and learning and 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 been and I absorbed stuff like a sponge. Even at college, I used to stay behind. I couldn't understand where where most of the students would then leave at four o'clock. 
I never understood it. I wanted to stay behind and, and, and learn. So I stayed behind and helped out in the kitchens with the, the next year, the year ahead of me or whatever it was with a guy from Ken Olsen. And I look back now, it's a bit like that karate kid moment where they, they sort of take you on to one side and teach you. It's, that's what it was like. Yes. Well, do you know what? Many of the outliers in their career have done that. You know, we we hear of the old tales of David Beckham that would be the last on the training field for hours just doing free kicks and so on. You know, that's that's a sort of... Yeah, because it's a moment that matters, doesn't it? It, Yeah. I remember he just posted a thing on Instagram, which was him listening to the World Cup or something like that when he scored that, that free kick. You know, that free kick isn't just random. Ronaldo isn't just the greatest player in the world because he just turns up. You know, he's there doing it more than anybody else. Yeah. Anybody else? Yes, he's putting in more work. That look at look at him. He's was he thirty six, thirty seven? He'll be still playing football at forty six, forty seven. Look at him. Yes, he will. He you will. Know? Although, but, you know, they don't. They don't just. Yeah, there's there's talent there, but that talent and hard work, that's what it pays off. So I have huge aspiration, you know, and and that comes from, I think the chefs that come on our show is that, you know, it is we've got a little black book which is now a big black book of. of the greatest chefs in the world. And, I, you know, I, you kind of pinch yourself that you're sat in your house, in my garage, and I'm sat there, and Claire Smith, the greatest chef, arguably, the UK has got at the moment, uh, certainly certainly in the top ten in the world, um, has, has made the effort to come down and cook for you on your, your cooking show and, and cook you something. I'm going, this is the best job in the world. What am I doing with this? Is it, what, what's not to like about that? Yeah, too right. I get the sense you don't take it for granted. You can't take it for granted because it can easily be taken away, can't you? So as soon as it's got there, as soon as you can take it away, I think what you try and do is, is morph yourself into something that, and and try and not reinvent the wheel, but but believe in what you believe in and, and don't follow trends. I mean, you know as well as I did. I, I've never tro- I've never followed trends. I'm not I'm probably the most untrendiest person there is. But, you know, that... There was a stage where two, three years ago, everybody was bringing out books on, you know, how to get fit and whatever it is, and lose weight and lose this and do that and eat this and tell lecturing people about what to do. Well, that's great if that's what you want to do. But if I suddenly said to the publisher, "That's what I'm going to do," they'd go, "Oh, that's great." But it doesn't. I think I think the people at home, the people who know me, would go, "What on earth are you doing that for?" Yeah. You know, you've got fish and chips on your menu in the restaurant, cooked in beef dripping, and then you're telling people not to eat it and go for that. No, <laughs> everything's in moderation. You yes. know, I'm, I, I don't, I don't drink. I two units a month. I don't smoke. You know, I, I kind of everything's in moderation, isn't it? It's 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 all in moderation. But I've I've, I've always believed that hopefully what I've, I believe to be true, and and also admit your mistakes instantly. That's that's been that's been the ultimate blessing in this game, because. In, in when you're not in the public eye, you 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 can't get away with those sorts of, sort of things, you know. You, you but you 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 know you admit your mistakes, you know. You yeah. just messed up. Cool, right? Uh, moving on. There it is. Yeah. You know, or you messed up. On. No, fair yeah. enough. Now you used the magic number a few moments ago, James, and I've got to ask you about it. Fifty. Yeah. Fifty is on the horizon. Oh God, yeah. How much is that? How how much does that weigh on you? How much have you started thinking about that yet? Because it is. It's a it's a historic moment in a man's life, isn't it? Well, it isn't, isn't it? Really, you you kind of you, you, when you were young. When I was thirty, I used to wake up want to go to work. Now you now you're nearly fifty. You wake up want to pee. And then, and then, and then, yes, that's, that's the priority. Right. Number one priority in your your daily start before anything else. God, I need a week. Um, yes. But, and then the older you get, the more you more you go for a week. But it's um, 
you know what? I'm 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 kind of blessed in my job, and 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 I feel I feel I don't want any more than I, I've achieved more than I ever dreamt of. Do you know what I mean? You you kind of look back in your life. There's certain people who want to push and want to stress harder, and I want to get more and more and more. No, I I I stopped doing that ten years ago. I I I'm just I'm more content now than I ever have ever have been in my life. And I think that shows in terms of your team, you know. And, it, and funny enough, it makes you busier. You, you, the, the work comes to you rather than you chase it. Um, so I, I think, you know, quite now I'm quite fortunate. I can pick and choose the work that I do. Um, and um, who knows? I, I don't know. There's not suddenly light that comes on when you're 50, is it really? But I just think as long as you keep yourself reasonably fit and healthy, which I try to, um, like I said, I, I, two units a, a month. I don't smoke, and I, I have an ice bacon sandwich every now and then. Um, that's it. I stopped drinking soft drinks. You see, about four months ago, I, I water. I drink probably four, three, four liters of water a day. Well, that might Lots. explain the toilet stops. Yeah, well, that might, but it's explained the <laughs> loss of three stone, which is which has been quite handy. I stopped drinking soft drinks, but yeah. I don't drink tea. I don't drink coffee, and and I just enjoy cooking nice food, and I think. It's the same, I suppose, I try to keep the same ethos of what the Europeans do. The French and the Italians and the Spanish just enjoy food and, you know, um, just appreciate it for what it is. And it's one of the true pleasures of life. Well, look, we're going to come back to that in a second because what you said there is really interesting. But I think we're missing a trick with the 50. And that is, of course, the party. Because let's be fair, you've mentioned you've, <laughs> you've interviewed over two and a half thousand people. You've got a lot of cool, famous <laughs> friends and so on. You could have the mother of all parties. You've got the venue for crying out loud. Who's coming? Who's, who's coming to your party? Uh, well, the 40 is difficult. So my mate said to that, I said, you'll never talk your 40th. Um, the 40th was pretty cool. I had, uh, I had 200 people uh, at my 40th. They had an iced wall full of fish dead fish but it was a nice wall um, <laughs> would have been weird about yes. about 30 foot by about 20 foot high and um we had a a display out in front with all seafood and then i had a pizza oven at the far end um i had a full-size dodgems um, oh. in the garden and nobody knew about the full-size dodgems until i opened up the marquee at the end and there was a full-size dodgems in, in there um and it was a black tie dinner for everybody and and, and uh, amazing food. The chefs from the restaurant came and cooked it. It was phenomenal. It was. It was. I mean, it's one of the great nights. And there's several things you'll never ever forget, and, and one of which was Michel Roux Junior. Michel Roux Senior. Um, several things. He was on a. He was on a, a F1 simulator, and he got stuck. <laughs> and, and, and there's me and and several of the biggest names in Sheffield trying to lift him out of this um oh he was probably stuck i thought you meant like his car was stuck like in the gravel or something oh that's even better (laughs) he's stuck in the bloody simulator brilliant so he lifted him out and then he had um then uh, instead of doing a dessert for everybody i did i i organized two ice cream buns and he had 99s and flakes oh yeah and and looking looking at one of the queues it was like a who's who of chefs (laughs) there was there was every chef name you could list on this sort of line queuing up for an ice cream and that in Anna Flake and who was inside serving it was Michel Roux Senior oh. um, and never forget it and he and he raided my cellar on the way back got one of the nicest bottles of red wine I had and we sat and drank it um, to the early hours of the morning we just talked about stuff and you know for somebody who was inspired for you as, a, as an 8 year old and a 10 year old and a 12 year old to be to be friends on your 40th birthday and to be to him to be there and share a share a bottle of wine or two 
was a thing that I'll never ever forget. I'll yes. treasure it for the rest of my life. It's, it's one of the most special, precious things. Wow, wow. Do you miss him? Uh, every day, yeah, every day. He was a, a huge influence in my life, and and uh, and uh, yeah, huge inspiration, a, a, a mentor, a father figure, a, a, an advisor. Yeah, every every day, every day. I thought about him this morning, every single day. Um, in, just in terms of his ethos, his food, the way that he, way that he was, you know, he was a, you know, he was a brilliant raconteur. If you if you ever met him, he was, he, he would walk into a room and he would be the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was just one of those, one of those special people. He didn't have to, he didn't have to cook. He didn't have to say anything. He would just walk into a room and he'd, uh, the whispers would go around. Chef them and go, Michelle, Michelle's here, Michelle's here, Chef's here, um, and it doesn't matter. You know, I'm, I'm, we're talking about chefs, Sat Baines and Tom Kerridge and, and all the all the big, you know, we're talking Michelin star chefs. Yeah. They would all turn into commie chefs when, when Michelle Rue Senior walked into a room. Yeah, it would be, so. it would, wouldn't be, yes, Michelle, it would be, yes, chef, chef, yes, chef. It would be, it would be that respect. And, and yeah, it's um, very, very special. But, but, you know, you look at that and you look at the time that you spent and you value that time. And, and that's all you can do, isn't it? Really, you, you can yes. you can then value that, and hopefully impart that, as I said to you, to your to your team in, back in the kitchen. That same ethos and that same same respect for them. Yeah, well, it's your responsibility to pass it on next, isn't it? That's, uh, that's yeah, yeah. It, and you, you know, at the end of the day, you you are who you you train with. It's as simple as that. And you're only as good as the people that you work with, but you're certainly only as good as the people that you train with. Simple as that. Yeah, too right. Okay, the fortieth sounds mega. You do have to top that, though. You know, for the fiftieth, you have. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know about I don't know about dodgers. I'm getting a bit old for that. So I don't know. We might have we might have uh, hooker duck or bingo. Probably, probably. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you'll get Brian Turner doing the bingo balls. Something like that. I, know, but... <laughs> I got two words for you, James, and you're going to love this. You look them up afterwards. Chaos carts, right? Okay. Yeah. Have you heard of Mario Kart? Of course you have. I heard of it. Yeah, I've right? heard of it. So this is a karting version of Mario Kart. Is it right? Okay, Brian Turner's nearly bloody, uh, nearly eighty. He'll, he'll uh, <laughs> finish him off. Um, no, we'll have it. We'll have a think. I don't know, but uh, we, we, the, yeah, I might, I might bring the band. The band want to do something, so I might bring the band for a bit of fun. Um, playing the band now, so we, we might, I don't, we might do a bit of fun. I well, know. you've been gigging a fair bit, to be honest. I mean, you started what guitar 2016, right? That was your, that was when you yeah, not very long ago. Certainly not very long ago. Yeah, it's been, it's been a bit crazy. So we got, yeah, the the band, and I'm going to bring some of Montel with me. We we got these this theatre tour in in uh, February, March. So but they all want to play at the Palladium in the end. So um, you have to come and watch it. But it's, uh, I'm we'll, up for we, that. it's, it's something that. Something that I wanted to do, and something for a bit of fun. I suppose midlife crisis, isn't it, more than anything else? And, <laughs> and um, I, I just it fascinated me. I, Lee Evans, the comedian, fascinated me when he was, when he was doing the stage show, and he and he ended it and he played the piano at the O2, and I just thought, what an amazing way to end! It's that shot going. My yeah. God, it's actually brilliant, you know. So when I when I said that I wanted to do it, we're only six weeks away from touring. My first tour about five years ago. I went into the shop opposite the restaurant, very famous music shop in, in, in Manchester, and, uh, and said, look, I'm on this tour, I want a tour. And I said, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to play the piano. So he took me to the piano section and said, look, there you go. This is an amazing thing. Anyway, you can you can buy that. We'll deliver it to your house and you can learn on it. And, and I said, that's cool. I said, can, can I, by, any, by all interest, can I, can I just ask when the tour is? And I went, six weeks. And he politely shut the lid of the piano. <laughs> and he went, 
maybe maybe I suggest you go and buy a guitar on the first on the second floor, uh, and that was it. And that I went upstairs, got a guitar. I got an amazing instructor. The first instructor was a bit odd, um, and and the second instructor that I that that we found turned up, and he and he sort of had, um, yeah, it's boots on and a, and and he looked all rock god. You know, he looked like a member of ACDC, <laughs> and he just walked into a room and he and I said, look, I I can't read music. I've never never read a book in my life. Dyslexic as hell. He said, don't worry. I used to be a teacher. Um, I can teach you. And I teach you how to play, not read read a read a a, a, a notepad, um, and that was it. That was how we started. He still plays in the band now. We both play together, and um, some of the songs he pushes me on to lead, and others you know. But it's it's cool. It's I just have, we have a great time. We play Carfest and Club in the Park. Yeah, yeah. We've got about thirty gigs, I think, next year somewhere like that lined up. Well, look, if if Johnny Evans, he's your drummer, isn't he? If he ever wants a night off, you let me know because I used to be a session oh, drummer. Good. <laughs> Spot on. Yeah, we could have a right old giggle with it. It could be great fun. Exactly, yeah. We could have a good laugh. I love what you're saying about seeing Lee Evans perform the, the piano at the end of the gig, though, because that you do have those inspiring moments. Did you ever see Freddie Mercury when he played the classic piano in front of in front of the Queen crowd? Yeah. Isn't, yeah. It, isn't that a hairs on the back of your neck moment? It is. It's a bit like the Band-Aid thing when you saw that when they're walking oh, out the Band-Aid thing. It's just, you know, yeah. the, those things are amazing. And you realise how good bands are. I mean, they're really, really good bands. You realise, you know, the, the reason why the Stones have been doing what they're doing, the Coldplay, the Ed Sheeran's and all. Yeah, I mean, you, you, they're in a, they're in a, you know, it's like Shefton, it's our Shefton. You know, I'll never, I'll never come close to us, to the talent that what Claire Smith has forgotten. But all you can do is have respect for them, watch them, learn from them and admire them yeah. for what they are. And, yeah. and the same thing with, like I said, I've only been playing for four years now, but you you look at it and go, how on earth do you do that? What are you doing? You know, I love BB King, and I've been listening to him for for four years since I started because the guy went. He said, learn to learn learn a bit of jazz first before you do anything, jazz and blues before you before you start doing ACDC and all this stuff that everybody knows. Play stuff that people don't know. Play the blues and the jazz, and oh man, it's properly cool when you get into yeah. it. And, so difficult. So those guys were just yeah, it's ace. It's effortless as well. You John Lee hookers and such. It's just yeah. Yeah, they make BB Kings. They make make it look make it look easy. But don't 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 anybody you know whether they're an artist or whatever they do, you know anybody that's good at what they do, make it look easy. But that's the reason why they do it, and that's the reason why we like watching it or listening to it or you know buying their art or whatever it is or looking at their art. You know that that's the key to it, isn't it really? Hundred percent. 100%. Now, look, you mentioned earlier you'd lost three stone and you'd given up the fizzy drinks and you're not having the tea yeah. and so on and so forth. I've got to ask you, because obviously the, the book is called Butter and people are naturally going to be like, yeah, but isn't yeah. that basically bad for me? You know, in terms of having too much of it. And obviously everyone yeah. knows there's associations with weight, et cetera, et cetera. Now, let's talk about your health, because you're, if you don't mind me saying, your dad, he had three heart attacks, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of that, a lot of that, you know, he's still around. Yeah. Uh, he had three heart attacks, two strokes and two triple heart bypasses. But that wasn't, that's not butter. That's, that's, um, that, that's wine. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, it is wine. He was a wine importer. So he, he drunk a lot of wine, a lot of wine. Um, and, uh, you know, and we, he's supposed to be the, you know, the family tree and all that. And I, I went to the, uh, I went to the, 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 you know, that, the send you away for three days and that, 
and you, you get probed and tested. Um, and, um, yeah, I got the all clear. I, I, I go there every year. Um, cause this, they, this they, is because obviously there's a bit of history in the family. So you just, yeah, you just and keep I don't, an eye I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't drink, I don't smoke. Um, I don't drink tea or coffee. Um, you know, fizzy drinks was my, was my downfall. Um, and since changing that, I just feel so much different, you know, so much more alive, so much, you know, that's obviously the sugar. You crave sugar and stuff like that, and I and I think by giving that up, my brain just feels like it's just been reborn. Whoa, hang, hang on, are we including Red Bull in this? Because that was your yeah, it's gone. that was your yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah, no, not anymore. No, no, no that that Coca Cola's gone. Chocolate's gone. Um, no, I just it's uh, it's it's just a I just woke up one hour, give it a go, and it's just been totally different. I've done that for the last three, four months now. Oh man, um, do, do you still have joy in your life? Yeah, just but you just weird. You 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 see better. Do it's you? It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I know it sounds daft, and and, and it sounds daft, but I just you just feel better. Your brain feels much sharper. Um, you know, I used to get up about sort of half a seven. I'm up at five five thirty now. Bang, wide right awake. Poof, off the brains in gear. Off we go. You know, it's it's just um, yeah, I just feel totally totally different. I haven't done anything. I haven't changed the diet. I'm still eating what I'm eating. Um, it's just just. Drinking soft drinks and well, change the diet. Yeah, stop drinking drinking soft drinks and Coca Cola uh, and um, and uh, chocolate. But it's uh, that was always the thing. It was the thing about my job. You'd always pick and stuff like that. But still ate my butter. Still love my cream. Um, st- but I cook it. You know, I'm, I'm you were back behind the kitchen. But we spent, you know, let's face it, eighteen months mowing the bloody lawn and and, yeah. and sorting the garden out. You know, it's nice to be back in the kitchen. It's lovely to be back cooking for. For, for customers again. So you're rewarding yourself with the good stuff now, basically, aren't you? I mean, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm having a bit of bit of uh, sea bass as well as instead of a bar of chocolate, but which is which is a lot better for you. So it seems like a fairly sensible swap. I got to say though, you sort of say you don't really drink anymore. Doesn't that mean that you're missing out on these kind of mad opportunities? And I'm and I'm. Oh no, of... I still I still have the mad opportunities. I mean, I still I still still have those. Okay. Yeah, we have those now and then. Uh, yeah, there's there's a few of those dotted around the year. All right, um, you still have the few scheduled, right? Because oh yeah, there's a few, there's a few, there's a few, uh, there's a few ones that roll in every now and then. Um, but uh, yeah, we couldn't have those, could we, before? But now, now, now we're back, and some of the chefs have been so busy. All your mates were doing nothing. We're all doing Zoom chats. Now they're all back at work. The restaurants are packed out, uh, and we're not talking to each other anymore. Um, <laughs> but there's cert- there's certain times of the year, certain events, festivals food shows, that kind of stuff where we all sort of get together and yeah, we, we certainly have a, a let our hair down once or twice. Yeah. I'll tell you where I'm going with this, James is, is you mentioned your lovely, your lovely companion, Ralph, your doggy. And, yeah. and of course, if, if I'm right, I'm led to believe that you wouldn't have got him if you hadn't had a few drinks. No, no, I was, I was technically, I was technically, technically, well, I was pissed after a long lunch. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And it was, I shouldn't have been because I was doing the Saturday show the following day live. And um, I, I had a very, very long lunch. It got to about sort of five o'clock and suddenly realized I'd left my pair of shoes at home, uh, which was 70 miles away. So what were on your so, feet? Uh, I had shoes on my feet, but uh, yeah, there were, there were, the, the, yeah, you couldn't have worn those shoes on the Saturday show. Let's, let's, so, call, them, let's call them Crocs. You were wearing Crocs. Let's, but let's <laughs> call them non, non-TV friendly, live friendly BBC <laughs> shoes. Yeah, okay, so fair I, news. Uh, I, I, I decided to go to the only shop that I, that I knew that was basically 30 yards away from where we just crawled out of, uh, which was Harrods. And um, 
walked into the door, got on the escalator, and then forgot to get off, and just kept going right the way, right the way to the top. And the pet shop used to be on the top floor. As soon as you got off the escalator, it was there. And I got off the escalator, tried to then figure out my way down in a drunken stupor. And um, while I was doing that, there was uh, Luigi and Mario, these two little Lazarapsus, these little uh, brown, black-faced little, little, little dogs that were wagging their tail at me as I sort of crouched down, uh, mainly to stop myself falling over. <laughs> uh, and this little one came up, and it just looked so cool. Um, and I quickly sobered up, um, went back the following day, um, after the said Saturday show and, and he's now ruling my house. Brilliant. Um, yeah, that was, that was nine years ago. Brilliant. Did you get your shoes? Uh, no, I never got the bloody <laughs> shoes in the end, to be honest with you. And the best part of that is you go there, you get the dog, they, they, you fill in every form possible, which is rightly so. And they, they Google earth your house. And apart from sending police inspectors around to your house to, measure the circumference of your garden. Um, and I said, look, he's got plenty of room to walk around it. Yeah, but then he's, is it fenced in? Who's going to look up there? And they go through every, every minute detail, which is, which is a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, you go there and pick him up. And I went there and picked him up on the following day, the Saturday on the way back. And uh, you go all the way up to the top floor. And, you know, so by then sober, you, you pay for this dog, which hurts. Uh, <laughs> you pay, you get this little thing that sits in your hand that's looking at you say, sorry, you can't carry the dog through the store. And I went, this, this dog is no bigger than this, like a tin can, this little dog. So no, you can't carry the dog. He's got to go on a lead. And I'm going, I haven't got a lead. He said, yeah, but we sell them. I went, here we go. Yeah, here, here we go. go. Here we go. Bang, another 500 quid. That, 500 dog quid for a lead? lead? It's Harris, and that's the only dog collar they've got you. They've got you by the short curlies. Um, and meanwhile, this dog's looking at me, going, "I'm worth it. I'm worth it." And to be fair, if it was five grand, it would be worth it. It's, the, it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Jo- dogs bring you so much joy. You know, it's the one job that I wanted to be. Apart from being a chef, I would love to be a vet um, because the, the I just think vets are just the most amazing people. But, but animals bring you so much joy, whether it's yeah. dog, cat, whatever it is. But you know, you can have the hellish day at home, a hellish day at work, come back, and that dog's wagging his tail. And, you know, and, and whatever's happened, he's wagging his tail. And, um, you know, it's just the bond and the, the affection that dogs give you is, is worth far more than 500 quid with a lead. That only lasted six bloody weeks because it grew out of it. But yeah. <laughs> eBay, <laughs> eBay, and you're fine. You get eBay, yeah, some of your eBay, money but back. Then I'll, I'll, yeah, then I'll probably get... Yeah, no, I can't eat by it. No, it just sits, sits there, but yeah. <laughs> Good enough for a ferret when I get older, I think. <laughs> oh, God, that would not be fun. But, you know, as you say, pets are amazing, so it's it's all part of the joy of it, isn't it? Now, yeah. I've got to ask you a fairly serious question. We've had a bit of a giggle for the last 50-odd minutes or so, so thank you. It's been brilliant. But I, I do need to ask you, because it's a story that I've heard, and we didn't discuss it last time, and I meant to last time, and, and I, I'm going to forget to do it now if I don't. And it's, of course, everybody knows up to 2017, you had Saturday Kitchen and it was the, the big live show that you hosted every weekend. And now you've yeah. swapped it for your own show on the other channel. And you made a, a fairly clear statement as to why you were stopping live telly. And, and it was a it was quite a major moment in your life. I, I think I saw you. I shouldn't admit to, to watching this, but I think I saw you talk about it on Loose Women, actually which is yep. why I wanted to kind of bring it up with you, because you you actually saw a man who you just met die in front of yeah. you well I, I knew i knew him and, and i knew him I, i'd met him at several events over in dubai and um 
we were the same age. Um, we had the same work ethic. So at each one of the events, we kind of made a beeline for each other, you know, and, and it was his event. And um, he didn't tell me at the time, but the reason why I got invited over there was to win this award. I don't really win awards. And, and, um, but that was the only way to get me at this thing. But he, he, it's, yeah, false pretenses really. And I, I was chatting to him for about an hour or two hours before the event in this room. Um, we walked into this big auditorium in front of about five, 6,000 people. And, and he was with me all the way through that, we sat down and, and then the, 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 the compare introduced, introduced the, the, the night and then, obviously introduced him. He walked on stage and 20 yards in front of me, he hit the floor. And I, I, I kind of knew, I didn't know, but you, you kind of figured because you were that close that he'd gone by the time he hit the deck. Um, and, uh, and, I, and, and just, you know, you walk out of there going, what, you know, what? Yeah. It's like, it's what, it, you know, it's just, uh, what, you know, he's perfectly all right one minute and wallop. And, um, he was very successful in his own right in, in terms of what he did and but very busy. Um, both had equal sort of passions and that's why we sort of talked about those passions quite a lot. And I think you sort of, you sort of sat on a plane on the way back, just thinking what the bloody hell happened. And, and, and that sort of journey on the way back, I sort of, and that week I just, I just changed my ethos of way that I that way that I work, and, and I took uh, a lot more responsibility off my shoulders by by employing people to do jobs that you know, I should have done before. Uh, uh, that let them do. Try to do everything yourself, like you try to do, or try to do as much as you possibly think you can do. Um, and and just the whole ethos of having to drive into London every Friday night and stay in London every Friday night and do the, get up at five o'clock in the morning to do the rehearsal, to do the live show, to then go back home. And I, I've done it for 10 years. You know, that was coming up to my 10th year anniversary. And I went, do I want to do this for another five more years? Mm. And the answer was no. Uh, and and I, I wanted to go back to a job that I love, working in the kitchens, and I could spend a Friday night with my team, like I do now. And I can, I can spend my Friday night working with these 18, 19 year olds that where I should be not sat in a hotel room because I've got to be there because I've got to read a script. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the customers want that and I want it. And I'm going, what am I doing? Um, you know, and I, I think you look at that and you go, was it the right thing? Yeah. Personally, it was the right thing for me. Um, but you know, I, I treasure every moment that I did and, and, and working for the baby. It was an, it was an amazing opportunity and it, and, and even when I when I decided to move, I phoned up this wonderful lady called Carla Maria Lawson, and we we still speak now. And and, I, and she said she was in Australia at the time. She said, "Is this the phone call that I don't want to hear?" Oh wow! Um, she knew, and so she knew. And it, and it's just a and it was, you know, we we she didn't part on bad terms. It was just I had no job to go to. You know, there wasn't a there wasn't a I'm off to Channel Four. Yeah, something. you weren't poached no, or anything. Yeah. No, I just I just left, and then. My agent panicked. She was panicking all over, but I wasn't. I was just, I was just, you know, what's going to happen? It happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Um, and then ITV phoned up and said, "Look, you know, we'd love to chat to you." And uh, Channel Four, I chatted to Channel Four, chatted to Channel Five, but ITV were the ones that said, "You know, it's interesting that they said we don't do food on TV. We, uh, we've not really got food on our channel, but we'd love 
to give it a go. Um, what would you would love you to? And I, I said, I don't want to do a Saturday show. I, I generally don't want to do it. Um, I said, well, what else do you want to do? And I said, well, nobody's ever asked me that in 26 years of television. What do I want to do? So I said, well, I've got Keith Floyd's old 2CV at home. I'd love to take that back to France to visit where he passed away, where he spent the rest of his days in that driving that car and go back to the places where I used to work. So a little homage to France. We did it. Bang. Off the back of that, they said we'd, we'd love to commission six Saturday shows, see, see how it goes. Uh, in fact, they, they said, I think they only... They said we'll only send we'll only send you to America if you do six Saturday shows for oh, us. Nice. That's fine as long as it's recorded, um, because I don't want to my you know I don't want to be doing live from my house and stuff like that. Um, and that's what it works. And we've done we're up to I think we're nearly a week after next maybe a, maybe our two hundred eightieth show or something like that. Get in there. We're supposed to do six, um, but yeah. That's brilliant. how it all started. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, you started that by telling me that you don't really win awards, and yet, and I'll leave you with this one. Most recently, you won Personality of the Year for the second time at Fortnum and Mason's Food and Drink Awards. That <laughs> oh, was that this was a year. busy week, that was. But... <laughs> James Martin, Saturday morning, also scooped Best Food Show at the ITV Choice Awards. This morning, where yeah. you're often found cooking on, won Best Daytime yeah. Show at the, IT, at the TV Choice Awards. I'd say you're doing all right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was pretty, yeah, that was pretty surreal. It was pretty surreal. It was bang, 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 one after another. I'm going, what on earth is happening here? But it's, uh, you know, you you never stop. You never stop doing what you're doing. Never stop believing what you're doing. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, you just, I just love food, mate. You know, you know me. I just love food, and I just, I I love my job, and that's all you can do. If if you if people like it, then great. If people don't, then I'll see you at the restaurant because I'll. I'll be behind the pass, but I just, I just, I just love it. There you go. Hey, listen, just before you go, you have teased us with some grapes. Can you, can you give us any more? With some? With some grapes. All we've seen, you've done, you've done a little teaser on your social media right. about what's next. And we, we've, we've oh, seen some grapes. Uh, <laughs> well, you're about to hear it. Um, I'm about to launch uh, the biggest thing I've ever done ever. Um, tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's something that uh, I bought about a year ago, year and a half ago. I've been working on it uh, for over a year. Um, yeah, it's going to be the biggest thing I've done. Um, nothing to do with TV. Um, yeah, it's iconic. It's cool. I'm chuffed to bits with it. I hope the public like it. I love it. Um, and it will surprise a lot of people. But um, all my mates going, that is that is the coolest thing you've done in a long time. Long time. It's 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 going to be fun. But it's uh, yeah. I'll see what people think. Oh, nothing to do with nothing to do with nothing to do with any media. Nothing. Nothing to do with any. It's 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 restaurants and food. And yeah, it'll get announced tomorrow. But it's yeah, be cool. Be cool. Brilliant. Brilliant. Can you tell us now, given <laughs> that given that the show isn't going out for a no, week? No, I can't tell you yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can honour an embargo. <laughs> well, look, whatever it is, good luck with it. It sounds it sounds Thank like you. it's very close to your heart. So I hope it's a massive yeah, success. Yeah, it's iconic. It's cool. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's it, it's me. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's have, you, cool. have you spent some money? Yeah, I spent a lot. Yeah, too much. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, hopefully try and get it back at some point. But yeah, fingers crossed. People like it. But it's it's. Uh, it's pretty iconic. It's pretty cool. And, um, 
yeah, I think I think it'll surprise a lot of people. Oh, brilliant! Well, it's got to work because these dog leads they don't pay for themselves. Study too, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> James, what a joy! It's been a real Thank pleasure. I've loved it. Thanks so much for the chat. Really appreciate it's a pleasure. it. Pleasure. Look after yourself. Take, Take care. it easy. See you. Bye bye. There we go. That was James Martin. What a dude. I've got to tell you, he is just, he's such lovely company. I don't know what you think about James. I'm hoping that if you were dubious about him before today, I'm hoping that you now think, what a great guy. And if you already liked him, I'm pretty confident that will secure your belief and your rightful understanding. He's just a top, top man. Now, I think I'm still shoring up what we're going to do next week, but I think we'll be bringing you out two conversations next week with two very special ladies. The wonderful Julia Hardy, who is one of the greatest gaming and technology and e-sport hosts on the planet. And she's also a great friend of mine. She's absolutely wonderful. And the household legend that is Vanessa Feltz. Household name, I should have said, shouldn't I? Vanessa Feltz is... is Great, great company. She's incredibly smart and such an accomplished broadcaster that has done so much in her life. So I think next week we'll be bringing you two chats with those two wonderful ladies. But bear with me, because that might change. The only way you'll know is by following the show. So thank you very much for your company. Have a great week. Go out and make someone smile. Catch you on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Andy J Podcast. 